sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here, another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Alongside virtually my co-host, uh, I believe, uh, recently left his position or maybe got fired um, as the director of the coronavirus response for adultfriendfinder.com. It's Tony. What's up, dude? Look, I, I can't understand why I keep getting fired. I think I'm doing a bang-up job. There's no response needed. It's only two people ever coming into contact with each other. There is no got, response to oh, be I did, had. I did get my... I did get my email that said adult friend finder is here for me during this challenging time. We absolutely and that are. was nice to know. <laughs> and if you need a hookup, I can oblige. No, I didn't like how that came out. Uh, <laughs> um, well, just to surprise everyone, of course, we uh, brought along a guest today. Um, our old friend from, of course, the world famous Table for Eight podcast and some other podcasts or something. Um, our friend. Uh, Brian Malika, what's up, dude? Hey, gang. Uh, question. This is the first time that I've been on since you uh, have incorporated that uh, sweet bongo music up front. <laughs> is 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 that uh, is that Uttables Liam doing the intro? Absolutely. The one and only. So here, this is awkward, but uh, I don't know that I can continue. I'm actually on a Liam boycott until he stops posting sweaty, topless pictures of himself on <laughs> Facebook and Instagram. I sense some jealousy. Uh, so, I sense so some I, jealousy. I mean, I'm not, I mean, listen, clearly his body is sick now, but mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, I just, I really have to take a hard line on this. It's enough already, Liam. But what would you rather see, his sweaty body or his face? <laughs> oh, well, some, sometimes the – first of all, I, uh, <laughs> I I was just trying to make a lighthearted joke. You're really taking it personally. <laughs> just taking shots. Jesus. What do you do with? The guy gave you a free intro. <laughs> How do you know it was free? <laughs> if it wasn't free, then I'm definitely off the show right now. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm on the outside with all the uh, the the old TAI crew, so um, I'm not I'm not getting fed these these shirtless pics. Um, mm. Although I do, I will say that the Liam um, Liam's involvement, while I'm very grateful, has resulted in both you and Photo Man scoring on us. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make me feel great. Yikes! <laughs> the first I'm getting dunked the, on. I'm getting the, dunked the on by everybody these days. The fact that I wasn't the first one to like throw down a harsh Liam burn makes me feel terrible. Like I'm, I'm super rusty in my comedy. If Photo Man is just beating me to it by weeks. Oops. Um, Look, I'm noticing some background noise. Um, Griff, are you at a Chuck E. Cheese by any chance? Yeah, I'm a Chuck E. Cheese, of course. Um, this is where, I, but I, of course, you guys know that I live in a van outside of Chuck E. Cheese, so it doesn't really, <laughs> I don't know if this is that surprising, but yeah. Uh, are we really getting a lot of background noise? It's probably because my children, who yes. are an entire floor above us and behind a closed door, are still so fucking loud. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, uh, that you can hear it on this, uh, on this sweet uh, microphone that I have, but that's well, just. 
that's the life I live. So that should make everybody aware that I'm, I'm very deaf. Like, so that is not even, it's not even registering for me. There's a, it's on a frequency that my ears no longer pick up after years of, you know, bashing drums into a, in a cinder block room for, you know, a decade or whatever. Um, there's nothing left. I have no idea that's going on, yeah. <laughs> on the plus side, Brian, at least we know the kids are yours because if we we know one thing about you, you like to project. I do. Well, you got to play to the back of the room. That's showbiz. Uh, <laughs> you're stuck. You're, and you're back doing comedy again this week, it looks like, huh? Uh, I am not. No, I'm, oh. uh, I am. I will be. The, the, the show that I do regularly is coming back. I am, uh, I am taking a, just a cautious break. I'm going to let it run for a couple weeks and see how everything goes. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of where, where I am with, with life right now. Casinos are opening next week here in mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Uh, and God knows I love to gamble, and God knows I haven't been out of the house very much, but I'm just going to give it a while because do you remember uh, that one time that we were um, – that we were chatting and we discussed like we weren't sure if once things started opening up again, people were either going to be super cautious and not go out or they were all going to flood out. The answer is flood out. Right, yeah. <laughs> like people are fucking crazy. <laughs> if, if we were still, uh, you know, this would have been a, uh, we can, we can talk about this anyways, but I think about our, our old podcast uh, with the table for eight show. And I've been looking at the dining methodology that is being opened up here in Illinois. And I don't know if this is the case in, in Nevada. Um, it, I don't think it is. In fact, I, I believe it's not the case, but um, here they are going to open restaurants. It's for outdoor seating only. It has to be reservation only. It is essentially just getting takeout and then having to sit somewhere else but your house. No. Like there is no really no benefit to being somewhere else. And people are still jumping on it. They're like, yes, I'm going to go and sit in a lawn chair at a card table out in front of whatever uh, the local uh, Cajun restaurant and eat and and drink beer out of a plastic cup. I'm like, that is a worse experience than being in your house. Like by an order of magnitude, it sounds horrible. Uh, Plus no. the risk. No here. So they opened restaurants, but only at 50% capacity. Um, and like, you know, so, so half the tables are done. All the servers are, are wearing masks uh, so it's kind of safer, but it's still not very safe. And every single place is fucking packed. Uh, so like, even if you're like, all right, well, I'm not gonna, oh, just a quick update, you guys. Um, I'm going to give you a quick update on my wife. So we, uh, we finally started letting the kids, uh, we, we, we finished homeschooling our daughter which thankfully she was in kindergarten so I could keep up with the curriculum. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we decided to send her to uh, daycare part-time with her sister. Sure. So today was the first, uh, just the second day that we did that. And then I've been going back to work for a few more hours because I essentially work in an office by myself. So it's not really a big concern. So today Emily got her first day alone in the house in four months, in four months, I came home and she was in the best mood that she has been in so far in the year 2020, which made me believe we're the actual virus, like me and her (laughs) children. Like that's, 
that's who makes her sick. <laughs> like she loved it. She now she just walks downstairs. She's having her second shot of fireball. She's got oh, a yeah. weird, a weird cream mask on. She's uh, she's reading Perfect. some book, some book about like uh, uh, like the trains to Auschwitz or something. It's terrible, but she's smiling during it. Like so, things are really <laughs> going well for her. Uh, anyway, that was my quick update on that. Uh, yeah. And, but anyway, long story short, yeah, you're you're correct. Like it's uh, I have to and, and I've sort of been on the middle as far as the whole quarantine thing. Like we've stayed in almost all the time. We wear masks when we go out. But like we were still doing grocery shopping and, you know, our daughter was still in daycare part of the time so we could homeschool the other kid and, and still try to do some work. So we weren't super strict, but we were also being careful. Now I actually feel like we're going to back it off a little bit and start being more careful than we were before. Yeah, because yeah. everyone's just like, oh, things are open. So everything is fine now. Mm -mm. Yeah, uh, we are. um as I have been for the entire length of the existence of this podcast, uh, I remain indoors. Um, and for anyone who's listened to other things, you know why that is. Cause I have, uh, uh, uh I essentially am a statistic just uh, waiting for us to, uh, to happen. <laughs> They're just looking at the, this, this virus is standing outside my house. It's looking at me saying like, yeah, all right, we can just throw that one right to the pile. And then all the people who don't care about anyone but like a normal person dying are also saying like, okay, that'd be an easy one to say like something was going on with that guy, you know? Right. No, uh, so. no, no big loss here. That guy was a pre-existing condition. Yeah, he's just so. walking around as a pre-existing condition. We don't so. have to count him. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't count. So yeah. it's a, it's an, e it's an easy decision for me to remain, um, you know, in full agoraphobia state, um, you know, barely, uh, glancing outside uh wider than even usual brian i i you know as somebody who's seen me in the relative recent past uh, might as well have been 20 years ago at this point but um <laughs> uh, i'm i'm i think i'm even even pastier than before and sort of like getting sort of a cast to me um <laughs> so yeah i won't be going out anytime soon how about you tony i'm starting to go out a bit more. Um, did you want to take it? I'm gathering you guys haven't kept up on the COVID cases in Australia. Did you guys want to take an over under guess um, at the active cases in Australia? Brian? If All right. I'll, let me, I'm going to set the number. Yeah, you set the so, number. So I, what is it? Like worldwide cases are like 5 million. We've got like one and a half million here in this country. I'm going to say active case and New Zealand has like zero, right? Didn't they <laughs> fix it? Didn't they fix it? Uh, so I'm going to say you guys are at active cases. Uh, look, there's a lot of people there. You guys are always involved with fucking 25 million people barbecuing. Uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say 65,000. Where are you Griff over under? Oh wait, I'm going under. Yep. Active cases, people currently not recovered from the virus, 478 people. Confirmed oh, cases nationwide, 7,148. My God. 103 deaths. Yeah. Wow. I mean, other countries are doing okay. I mean, I've I've mentioned uh, to everybody here that I have been enjoying f f the the 53rd best uh, soccer league in the world, the Faroe Islands <laughs> uh, Premier League, um, which is uh, 
uh, on TV and I can watch it on TV and I can gamble on it on Bovada. And uh, I did win money on it, in fact. But um, uh, they have no cases. They've had two weeks. They can go to the bars. They're doing whatever the fuck they want. They're going out. They're looking at the pretty mountains, driving around, getting drunk. Um, they're loving it. Hopefully driving around and getting drunk. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, they're, they're going great out there. We're not doing the bar thing yet, but we are doing some some dining. Um, but we're still f- fairly restricted. We still can't move freely from state to state. Um, but we have oh, yeah. opened we up. You could do that as much as you want. I could I could get in the car and yeah. drive to Indiana and go to the Great Clips. I, I was talking to colleagues today who live up in the um, farther northern part of Illinois who are just like, well, I needed to get a haircut, so I drove over to Wisconsin to the Great Clips. I'm like, you drove to Wisconsin to go to Great Clips? You can't even That's, get yeah. a good salon if you're going to drive to Wisconsin? Like, yeah, at least get four clips. Yikes. Right, yeah, get the, you know. Get the watch. Uh, get, that, get that hot towel. Get the hot towel. Watch. Uh, watch twenty. Watch uh, twenty minutes of um, Kobe's dodgeball or whatever the hell is on TV. Of the of, of the of the two thousand eight script spelling bee, which was by the way on in prime time on ESPN. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I guess two thousand eight was a fucking crazy year for that. It must but, have been. But yeah, no, you can you can do everything here. That's part of the problem. Bars are opening here this this weekend on Friday. Bars are opening, and uh, I'm like, I'm fucking. I, I, you know how much I would love to sit at a bar. I'm not going to a goddamn bar this weekend. It's going to be death. People, I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, I would love. To, I mean, you know, I you you guys know I sit at a bar often, and uh, yep, that that's just over now. I don't even know if I'll do that in the year 2020. I don't I don't think that's going to be something I'm participating in. Um, so we, uh, you know, we, we've been sitting inside all, you know, every single day, especially me, other, I guess you guys are occasionally going outside, but one thing that brought us, uh, athletic joy was, or at least brought me some joy in, in the world of sports was, uh, I got to watch the last dance. Um, yeah, it was great. I loved it. Uh, every minute of it was just me remembering, uh, being happy and enjoying <laughs> basketball. And yeah. having a good team. And of course, as everybody knows, the last 20 years of the Bulls as a, you know, avid basketball fan um, has been horrible, uh, largely, except for obviously the the little Tibbs blip, D-Rose blip in there. But um, uh, it was nice to remember the, the good times. And Brian, you and I were texting about um, how great those times were for you, uh, for the teams that you found useful or interesting in your life during the yeah. the nineties. Um, I, I have to say though, like, I also like, I loved it. I, I really enjoyed it for a couple of reasons. One 30 years lets a lot of the anger go. <laughs> um, and also like, you remember once you start watching it again in terms of, you know, uh, of what, what you see now, as opposed to what it was then, like, and this is some old guy shit, but like, it really feels like that was the, like the best era of basketball. You know what I mean? When you're talking about Jordan and you're talking about the tail end of bird and magic and sure. just like, you know, for, for me. And that's also when I was probably the most into basketball, like, you know, the entire decade of the nineties. So, uh, you know, remembering it back makes me feel a little bit better. And also I, I I've come to terms with the fact that, when you're being dominated by probably the greatest player ever, like 
once you've no. had 30 years to shake the anger off, it's, it's not that bad. You got to let some of that anger go. Yeah. So, so one thing I will say that was funny about the, about the Knicks part of this, or at least the, the Ewing part of it was that just having Patrick Ewing has had a rough go of it. And obviously he, uh, that's continuing because he's in the hospital with the coronavirus right now. So right, <laughs> it's sort of, you know, wishing him well, I'm sure he's listening, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, watching him just looking when he got interviewed and he's wearing the Georgetown polo with the Jumpman logo on it. And right. I'm just laughing. I'm like, my man is getting owned like <laughs> uh, inactively just, right. just still <laughs> sitting around being owned. And it's not good. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. But it's uh, really, those brutal. were, those were, and you know what? Like, because another reason why I think it's it doesn't hurt so bad is because the Knicks have just been trash for for the last thirty years. <laughs> yeah, so like even I'm, worse. I mean, yeah, yeah and they, I mean, and just a nightmare. At least then they were in the mix. Um, and uh, it, it and I also came to the conclusion that as much as I hated you know Jordan and those era Bulls, he is not uh, my least favorite player. My least favorite player by far is Reggie Miller. And the reason oh I know God. that is because when Reggie Miller came on to talk about his series with the Bulls, <laughs> I fucking hated him all over again. I'm like, oh shut my the God, fuck up. I hated that. Reggie. I hated Reggie yeah. yeah. He's just the worst. Griff, I've got to pose a question to you is who did you, who did you hate more? Reggie Miller or Isaiah Thomas? Yeah. You know, I was such a, I was such a, I was so young. Um, when the, when the Bulls played the Pistons, I mean, Brian, you're, you know, you're a year or two older than me, we'll say. Yeah, yeah and, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was sort of a, I was, I was really a young child. Actually, one of my, my very first basketball watching memories are the 91 playoffs, the, 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 the sweep, the, the sweep of the Pistons and then uh, winning the title uh, in LA. Um, and I really hated those Pistons teams as a little child, but when I was 14, it was kind of different, right? You were able to like synthesize the information about why you didn't like Indiana, you know, yeah. and why Indiana was such a frustrating team to play. Um, they weren't nearly as like, they were a much, um, they weren't a better team than Detroit. That's not true. They were a much more, um, they weren't nearly as physical as Detroit was. I mean, it wasn't nearly as like rough and tumble. They were still pretty tough, but um they were good. And, uh, I did hate Reggie and, uh, you could tell he got under Michael's skin and, and the, the, honestly, the barometer for that stuff was how mad, um, was when, when they got Scotty riled up, you could kind of tell if they got Scotty riled up, it was, it was real. There was something wrong. There was something there not to like, I was, I was, I mean, Scotty was my, was, I was mentioning, I I've mentioned this to a few people now is that Scotty, um, if, if, uh, if Michael was the, uh, deep dish pizza of Chicago, right. The thing that everybody in the country knows and everybody thinks we like and knows, we knows that, you know, and it's something that Chicagoans eat twice a year. Like we kind of have an appreciation for Michael, but we sort of keep Michael at arm's arm's length, kind of like deep dish pizza, frankly. Uh, I would say Scotty is the Italian beef of, of to, to Bulls fans. We, we ride with Scotty like weekly. <laughs> I guess. <Yeah. laughs> um, and, uh, we kind of had a better relationship with Scotty. So it's always paying attention to him in terms of like, 
who should I really be hating here? And those are a lot of my favorite moments are him, him dunking over Ewing, him, you know, kind of stepping up against uh, Indiana, especially at the end of that game seven against Indiana. He was great in that game. Um, you know, that was sort of the barometer for who to hate. Um, and, you know, I, I think he was always sort of that. And that was what was interesting about this. One of the interesting things about the whole thing to me was that Scotty felt like he came off poorly in the dock. And I don't know if I, I guess maybe I have rose colored glasses with Scotty where I'm just like, well, the migraine game happened, you know, and that's, that's the type of shit that happens to people. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if I, I don't know what you guys think. Do you think Scotty came off like looking like a shithead from this or, or, or is he, yeah, I didn't think so. I just thought he came off human. Like he was being underpaid for all those years and Yes, yeah, no through, shit. Through the occasional hissy fit, and no, that's not the way I would have handled it. But I'm also not an elite athlete, so I can't necessarily blame him. And if if the speed bumps that were brought up during the doc were the biggest issues with Scotty as a person, well, he's a pretty well rounded human being and a pretty well rounded basketball player. I I didn't think he came off badly at all personally. Here's the the issue with Scotty is he's like a boring guy. Like he didn't yeah. come off bad. It's just that he's he's not Michael. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he doesn't right. have a big over the top personality. He's a shy dude. He doesn't right. like, he doesn't light up a fucking camera. Like right. he's just, yeah. So it's not that he came off bad at all. It's just like who, you know, and that's also probably why, uh, you know, especially, you know, me who I watched him his whole career, but I was also squarely in the camp of like, fuck this guy is not even that good. He just happens to play with the greatest player of all time. Then you like, see the numbers. You're like, holy shit, this guy's amazing. Like this guy's a full on legit hall of, yeah, exactly. He's like, a, you know, he, you talk about that era and the greatest players ever. Yeah. He's probably one of the 10 right. of the greatest players wow. in the greatest era. So, I've never heard this uh, from you, Brian. You've always been a Scotty Pippen. He's, he's I, I overrated. I agree. I didn't. If you had asked me a month ago, I would have told you the same thing. <laughs> but this this makes you realize it. But uh, you well, know one what? of the you, things that one of the things that did make me especially irritated was that was uh, Jerry Krause the the idea that he was. I, I don't know if this was in the doc or if I read it afterwards that he was going to trade Scotty straight up for for T Mac, who was a great player <laughs> at but the time. If, yeah. If the um, if if you think that T Mac gave you everything that Scotty gave you, I think you're nuts. I mean, that I think that I think that's enough proof for me that Jerry Krause really wasn't a wizard or anything. Is that uh, that can't be a serious know, what trade? Kind of, what are you getting out of uh, from a defense and rebounding standpoint out of <laughs> out of T Mac? I would whole, say not a lot would be my guess. And that whole team was <laughs> no. built around defense. When you you right. think about it, to add. To swap T Mac for Pippen in in that system makes no sense. Even it just win another title. That's the easy thing to do, right? You didn't have to do anything. And frankly, right. it was the easy thing to do. <laughs> Don't drop. <laughs> yeah. to, stop trying. Just the, sit uh, down for a while. So, so it, it going back to what you originally said. It didn't so much make me mad again. You know, thinking about the Bulls. What it did make me mad about was how fucking hard the Knicks choked the two years Jordan was out. 
Um, Like that's when they needed to get their shit together. I I still have nightmares about that finals against the Rockets and fucking Charles Smith, the the seven foot two marshmallow who can't dunk a ball. He's trying to lay it (laughs) off the glass. (laughs) Like I just, I fucking, I hate that guy. Did he do that in uh, the Rocket series too? He got blocked like nine times. Yeah. Yeah. Under the basket. I'm like, you're the biggest man. I don't even think Hakeem was in the game at that point. Just dunk the ball. I think I think Sam Cassell rejected him. Like, <laughs> oh no! It was fucking Robert Ory. Uh, but anyway, it was it was the whole thing that that made me upset. Were but, you in uh, New York at the time? At that when you were no no no? That's, you in Arizona? I was yeah I was still in Arizona. Oh yeah, you would have been uh, like 15, that. 16 years old. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I was I was still in high school, but uh, it was definitely uh, that that's what made me the most mad. Um, the best part about it and. Uh, and this just goes to show you like who Michael Jordan is as a competitor to his absolute fucking core. The dude's what late fifties at this point, he is as mad today at like Isaiah Thomas, as he was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he, you know, they, they kept showing him videos of like other players, guys like Gary, Gary Payton talking about how he, I shut him down in game two, if they were game four, if they had just left me on him the whole time, I just, and then like him just laughing and being like, yeah, all right, glove. Uh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about Gary Payton. Like, like he, he feels the same way today as he did then dude hasn't shot a basketball professionally uh, in 15 years it's uh like yeah that that just shows you like that's that's who he fucking is that's why um my favorite part was them talking about him uh and if he had a gambling problem and uh, I, I think he actually. First of all, you can't have a gambling problem when you'll never run out of money. Yes. Uh, that, that was his point exactly. Yeah. That was his only point. I'm never yeah. going to run out but, of money. But but he actually said like he's like it's not a gambling problem. He's like I pro- I have a competition problem, and I believe him. Like when he's pitching quarters with like the the dude who sets up the chairs in yeah. the in, in the in the locker room, that's not him wanting to win money off this dude. That's like I got to have action constantly. I have to be competing constantly. Yeah. Like it's it's he's, always he's a lunatic. I mean, it's <laughs> right. the you know the. Uh, uh, Lafonso, uh, whatever that guy's name, not Lafonso Ellis. It was, uh, whatever that, the, the kid from Washington's name that he had to make up a fake interaction with to, to oh, yeah. beat him by, to score 40 on him or whatever. I mean, it's, right. that it's was, insane. That end part of the documentary was, was filled full of bullshit. Like the first eight episodes were fine, but that whole, he's got to make up an edge for everything. That was I just found it wore so thin on me and just didn't ring ring true um, that everything was a personal slight. Yes, he's a competitor and an absolute competitor, but some of this stuff was – you just see his interaction with Malone and, and um, Stockton at the, at, at the end of some of those Utah games. And, yes, they go at it during the game, but – this this sort of idea that in the nineties nobody shook hands, nobody respected anybody. Oh yeah, it, it, that didn't ring true. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's made up too, right? Like Mike Michael, um, a lunatic, obviously. Yes, right? but not not a dickhead like just all the time either. I mean, he was. I mean, you saw the eighty six, even in the eighty six, right? The 
86 Celtics, right? He's playing golf with Danny Ainge after the, after right. the games or whatever in 86. Right. And uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I, I mean, Carl Malone, boy, talk about a freak. And, and we all got to remember how big of a freak that Carl Malone is like, and I don't mean in the good basketball way. I mean, in the, he's a freak way. Like he was being a 14 year old or whatever. Um, uh, you know, but those guys were, I mean, you know, we, we skipped the part where Michael was like shaking hands with the 89 Pistons or whatever. Right. I mean, all that stuff did happen and he was a normal, whatever, uh, human for some amount of time. I mean, I don't think he's, uh, I think he's an extremely rich person who has a, uh, who certainly does have a problem with like, he's constantly trying to win life. You know what I mean? Which I think is a whole other discussion, right? Is that really a great approach to anything outside of professional sports? Well, you know, right. a lot of people have it. It's not good. I don't think, but, um, but I, I mean, off the court, I don't know. He seemed like he was relatively, you know, except for the few people like the Isaiah's and the Reggie's and stuff that I think were just dickheads. But, but I kind of going back to what you're saying, Tony, like on some level, I believe it as far as looking for that slight, like he's a dude that seemed yeah. to play better with a chip on his shoulder. So what happens when you're never the underdog anymore? Like you're, you're, you're the greatest player that's ever lived on, you know, the best team that's uh, you know, arguably that's ever been assembled. Uh, what what are you gonna do? Uh, as you know, to to get that chip on your shoulder, you're not the underdog, so you have to make shit up, yep. uh, right? And that's what makes you the underdog. Oh, uh, you know, fucking yeah, exactly. You you sent me a text, uh, joke text, but like, oh, uh, George Carl walked by my table, didn't say hello, didn't like it. Fuck yeah, right, that guy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go drop fifty five on him. <laughs> like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just let it go, Mike. Um, yeah. But, no, he's uh, a he's over the top um uh, and i and i i don't know i i um there was a lot of other speculation too um well one thing i i do think just as a side note to that that was interesting was that um the the kind of reaction seemed to be that a lot of this stuff was coming out as brand new information uh yeah that's do you chalk that up get. to just our lack of sports right now is that we're reporting on this stuff it, like it's news like uh, michael didn't want isaiah on the dream team well we knew that 30 yeah, years ago. I don't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, or, um, yeah. Or the, uh, you know, uh, Mike, Michael created a, uh, you know, some fake interaction to get himself, um, revved up for games. Like, okay. Uh, got anything else? What else you got dug up in there? You know, I mean, I don't think there is anything that came out that struck me as particularly groundbreaking. Not that that makes this good or bad. I don't, I don't think that had anything. I think it was just fun to look at. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. enjoying, uh, enjoyment. They did a good job storytelling, but there was nothing groundbreaking. It didn't change my opinion of Michael. It didn't change my opinion of anybody in the nineties other than nope. Bill Weddington was a star for the Bulls. The amount of air Bill time is Bill Wennington is in fact still the radio broadcaster for the Bulls. If you guys, I don't know if you guys knew that, but he is the he's the radio uh, analyst for the Bulls. So he's a poor man, Stacey's king. Out of everybody that was on all of those teams, Bill Wennington really seemed like the guy that was like, "What the fuck is this guy? Whose dad showed up to uh, <laughs> to fucking play today?" Uh, another reason why I can't fully fully hate on on those Bulls team is because. Uh, they did get uh, Steve Kerr and my mad Judd Bushler, both Arizona uh, uh, Arizona players, rings. Uh, Steve Kerr, by the way, uh, 
what if my favorite human beings alive? I got a picture with him when I was 10 years old. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and he, uh, he now has, I think fucking nine rings. If you count coaching, yeah. uh, between, three, three you know, and, uh, I think eight, yeah, right. Three in, in Chicago, in, uh, San Antonio, three, I mean, two in San Antonio and three in golden state. Yeah. So that's yes. eight. I think he's yeah, eight, eight or nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He choked the last one, but yeah, that's, uh, so I, I can't, I can't be full on mad. Um, but I thought, I thought Steve Kerr came off great. They even, they even dug up Judd Bushler, which who remembers that guy other than, um, me, <laughs> me. I don't even think he yeah, right. played. Yeah. Anyone who watched those yep. teams. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't even think he played at least Steve Kerr shot the ball a few times. Fucking Judd Bushler didn't do shit. I when did. I did forget about Scott Burrell. I will say I was that going one to say. guy, one like, role player who yep. sort of just like slipped out of my memory. He really only played. I mean, I think he was only on the bulls for that team. I don't believe he was on any of the other three, the second three P teams, but, um, well, what's he was he actually a, a good, a good player. No, he, I don't believe so. Um, although I can look that up, I guess I'm on the yeah. internet, but, um, I don't believe he was a rookie so much as he was a, um, he had been signed as a free agent. Yeah, I no, it was, he was in his third or fourth year. Um, and he, uh, he was a good player for that team, despite sort of getting all this shit. Like he, he did, he was a, he was a, a come off the bench, like shooter. I mean, he would come off and, and, and shoot three or four, three pointers a game. You know, he was just another, another space, the floor type of guy. And he was decent, you know, I mean, yeah, but just completely forgotten about the other thing that I, the other thing that I really liked also was, um, to find out how much like weird knowledge you keep in the recesses of your brain. Like, you know, they, they're showing clips for the game from the games and like without, without seeing a name on the back of a Jersey, I'm like, Oh, look, Greg Ostertag. There <laughs> yeah. he is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Fuck it. Who, who shut down dead left shrimp in this series? And I'm like, why do I remember those guys? Kelly's looking at uh, the guy on the jazz with the big like sunglass goggles. And he's like, what the hell is that? Who's, who's blade runner. I'm like, that's Antoine Carr. Obviously. And I'm like, <laughs> duh, number 55, of course, <laughs> or whatever his number was. I don't know. Right, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's, he, I'm like, boy, that guy was on a team that almost won the title. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. That's why almost is operative there. So um We've spoken about a few of the guys that thought they've come off really badly and a few guys that came off really good in Steve Kerr. Who did you – did your opinion change about anybody or is there anybody during the doc that you thought was poorly portrayed? I thought Horace Grant copped the wrong end of, a, of the pineapple for an episode and a bit. Um, I, I, I really thought that was overblowing his part in that. But um, what was your guys' opinion on that? I thought, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, Horace was a good player. Um, Horace was always kind of a, like, there was always something with Horace, you know what I mean? Um, and that was the, the case for most of his time in Chicago, right? He's a good player. I, I think he was a, um, overall, he was a better player than Dennis Rodman, which is a shame because I think we all remember Rodman as, you know, and, and Rodman rightfully deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for being a a you know, a great player for his whole career and being a lunatic, of course. But, um, uh, for those, for the, for the title years with their respective teams, I think Horace was more de de dependent or uh, yep. dependable than, uh, than Dennis was. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, Horace was just always, 
there's always something going on with him. I remember uh, all the Jordan rules stuff, you know, lightly from being, you know, eight years old or whatever, but um, it, it was pretty well known that Horace was a, was, was probably a source in those stories. <laughs> and that's why, um, sure. and then all of a sudden yeah. he was gone, you know? Um, I, I'll say that I don't think anyone else necessarily came off bad or good. I will say one, it made me more aware that like, as a, like they were actually a really good team when you're the guy on the losing, when you're a fan of the team that just keeps getting their fucking shit kicked in every year, it's easy to be like, whatever, Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, Horace was a nice player. BJ Armstrong was a better player than I gave him credit for at the yeah. time. Uh, you know, John Paxson was, was not just like some guy cause they needed to have five. Um, right. <laughs> these, there were actually some, some good players on. Well, on and like Kuko, I mean, Kukoc was a great player. I mean, that's yeah. a under underrated element of this, right. Is that the reason those last three teams were probably better than the first three isn't because Rodman was better than Horace. It's because they had Kukoc and Kerr were better than, you know, other players on Cliff Levingston and, uh, Stacy King on the, uh, you know on the nine, 92 bowls or whatever. Right. But uh, the, the last two things I'll say on it is one, um, when you, when you really remember, it must've been almost impossible to be Michael Jordan and to actually remain as good as he was for as long as he was, when you really think about how famous he was, right. like he was the most famous person in the world. Yep. And just like to live his life from day to day must've been fucking exhausting and he still managed to be the best player ever for, uh, you know, over a decade. And uh, and two, uh, I, it, it made me remember my favorite joke uh, ever in the history of SNL's Weekend Update by my, by Norm MacDonald, who everybody knows I love, which is uh, when he came back uh, from, from baseball to play basketball again. You know, Norm said, uh, you know, Michael Jordan will be returning to the Bulls after a two-year break. Uh, it is still unknown to this point whether he will uh, keep his old basketball nickname of Air Jordan or whether he will adopt his new baseball nickname, Senor Crappy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that made me laugh. So I think it's the, the use of the word senor. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that's just made up. That's <laughs> good. Anyway, that's it. Uh, all right. What do you, uh, you guys think of um, this is a side, this is another Twitter reaction thing, but what do you guys think of like the 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 michael's drinking problem michael's eyes look weird you know any of that stuff that, that was buzzing around he's a 50 year old man he's in better health than i he's am a who 60 gives year a fuck? old man almost yeah. yeah yeah he's got some health problems who gives a fuck he enjoys a drink well yeah. and also like the fa again you, you going back to what you said like is are some of these things only a big deal because there's no sports the color of michael jordan's eyes is probably not that big of a deal if there's other shit going on but uh, there's literally nothing else to talk about in sports. So suddenly, you know, that uh, that's a, a moment. He did look like he was about to cry or just finished crying all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like I said, the, the three of us probably all have uh, drinks almost, if not every day. I have I have a drink pretty much every single day. Oh, yeah. Um, Me too. And I have accomplished very little in my life. So if fucking, if Michael Jordan wants to, you know, wants to drink, let the fucking guy drink. Uh, he like, it's clearly not affecting 
his life uh, in, in any kind of a serious way. So who gives, he doesn't have a drinking problem. He doesn't have a gambling problem. His life's going fine. My, Brian, you might not be the Michael Jordan of content, but you might be the Monta Ellis of content. And I'll I take Monta Ellis. I hope you understand that joke. But <laughs> or, you, you, you've put up the numbers. We'll give you that. I mean, I'll I'll take I'll take a Vinny the microwave. Uh, <laughs> Vinny Vinny Johnson of. Vin, I loved him. He he generation. heats up fast. He does. Uh, I do anyway, have one uh, last thing coming out of the doco, and that is, what did you guys think of the whole pizza thing and how that was framed? That just came across as bullshit to me. This is like our eighth episode talking about pizza. Uh, so that's good. Thank you, Tony. For, you are welcome. Uh, wrapping up. It's the word of the day. Um, uh, no, I don't think the poison pizza thing happened. I think me the story either. sounds insane uh, that, that they're calling, you know, Utah pan pizza, you know, <laughs> whatever. And saying, um, yes, I'd like one pizza for Michael Jordan, please. <laughs> And Michael Jordan, it. and then Michael Jordan's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll eat this weird pizza." After five guys, you, you know, and this houses the thing, you know. <laughs> I, I just don't. That just doesn't register to me. I'm the most. Me. I'm the most famous. I've been the most famous man in the world for 15 years. I'll eat a strange pizza that someone drops <laughs> off. No, of course not. That, that, that goes back to that goes back to like again the lore of him having to find something right he's got to find the edge he's got to find the disrespect he's got to find something to give him the competitive edge so that gets blown up into this whole conspiracy but there's a zero percent chance that happens he might have gotten food poisoning or he might have got i don't i don't know if i believe the hangover thing because i mean if he was that sick and i've got i've had a bad hangover and i think all three of us have had the bad hangover feeling um and I know being a professional athlete is would be really hard to balance with a bad hangover, but how bad of a hangover do you have to have to be like, I don't think I can even survive the basketball game. You know what I mean? Many, many, many hours later. Right. Um, I, I don't know if I believe that, you know. But Barkley played drunk, so... MJ yeah. being a little bit hungover. I'm sorry, that doesn't register with everything that was Tony, going on with his Tony body. Tony Kukoc was apparently knocking off a glass or two of wine before the game. I don't, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yep, Michael's drinking. I'm. I mean, I'm drinking, of course, right now. So you guys don't even have to. I don't even have to count my drinks. I definitely am having one. I'm drinking pastry stout, Tony. Figure in the last ten minutes here, fifteen minutes, we should give the people what they want, which is a stupid ass game about beer. Um, Real quick, hold on. Let me say something real fast. Uh, in in uh, in celebration of you guys inviting me on, I'm drinking a beer, and I fucking what? never drink beer. Oh my god! Uh, but uh, my wife bought this. Um, it's summer, obviously, and summer here means it's already well over a hundred degrees every day. So uh, Emily bought a six pack of uh, of some wit beer. So I've been. Uh, uh, I decided to to grab one to to drink with this. It's uh, it's weird. It's weird and cloudy, which I guess it's supposed to be. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it is anyway. supposed to be cloudy. That's correct. It's not. It's not bad. I'm feel- opening a beer and it did not spill on my keyboard. I want that for the record for the three people that will remember Noted. that. The, the funniest yeah. moment in the history of that our was, podcast. Is- that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Full can of beer. <laughs> and that's why we have this podcast because Tony got some new technology be- probably yes. from the result of that. I don't, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, 
so, yeah, so you're welcome, everybody. Um, so uh, this game, uh, we, we've uh, we, I like playing games with the guests because it's some dumb beer thing to riff on for people who don't know anything about beer. Um, I, I keep inventing these, and uh, we'll see if this one sticks. Brian, as a, as a comic, um, I think you'll appreciate this. Um, so we have this little app in the beer world. It's called Untapped. I think I've described it to you before. It's a uh, best described. I would say it's like a uh, I don't know a four square of beer. Boy, that doesn't sound good. I gotta get <laughs> no, off. I've, I've I've seen it. Like where people check yep. in because they're having you a check beer. in your beer and you can rate it and review it. And uh, people Real. like to get. We like to get funny on there. They like to get, they get, they get silly on there. They like to write their little jokes and these are not comedians. We'll just say. Um, so I thought we brought a, if we brought a comic on here, maybe he could help, uh, our friends in the untapped world, maybe with a little live, uh, either at least kind of a, um, a, a punch up session, uh, or, uh, okay. A little bit of workshopping, or at least just tell us, you know, what's wrong with these comments, um, sure. or just tell us if they're perfect. I guess, right? Yeah. So there's I really nothing will. you can win or lose, other than you get to just review these and and tell us if they nailed it. So I got three here. Um, my first review is of a new beer. Now you guys might not be familiar with this, Tony. You're definitely not gonna be familiar with it, but Brian, I don't know if you've seen this yet at the Albertsons. There, this is a. Our friend Cody K, he's out here, and he is drinking a, a beer called Key Lightful by Keystone Light. Is this something you're familiar? <laughs> Have you seen this, Brian? No, I mean I'm familiar with Keystone Light, but uh, no, I'm I, I've not seen so, Key Lightful. So Key Lightful is a raspberry lime Keystone Light. Um, so there is something, and I don't know if I shared these with you guys, but there are these things called they're they're the Natter Days. Are you familiar with Natter Days? Like the strawberry yeah. lemonade, Natty Light. So there's these strawberry lemonade flavored, I mean, and I'm air quoting, you guys can see this, I'm sure, beers. Um, they do have like a light beer, very, very faint beer taste, but they mostly just taste like strawberry lemonade. And I'll admit, they are yummy um, and refreshing and weird um, and very sweet. So, you know, but it, on a hot day, a natter days on a hot day, not bad. So I think Key Lightful is in that mold. It's raspberry lime. And Cody K has this to say about it. He says, this is it. Uh, like a white claw with an aftertaste of college. Two stars. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> what do you got for that one? <laughs> well, I mean, let's not throw this one in the perfect category. Okay. Um, I, let me just start off by saying I don't, this is like a thing that, that, that beer is now starting to make hard seltzers. My favorite of all of them is Bud Light hard seltzer, which on it's called Bud Light hard seltzer. And then it says on the bottle contains no Bud Light. So like the <laughs> fact that they couldn't just like, they're like, come up with another know, name for brand, it. Brand, branding is too fucking strong with Bud Light. Uh, we can't get rid of it. Um, as far as this one, I mean, I see where he was going. Keystone light costs like $5. So it's a beer that you would drink in college. Um, here's the problem. He's a fucking grown man now. Oh no. Yeah. So maybe he, maybe he doesn't need to be remembering college by drinking Keystone light, like drink a, drink a grown up drink. Uh, why are you purchasing it? 
I, I think my my uh, as a non, uh, of course, as an inexperienced uh, comic, if you guys couldn't tell from listening to the podcast for the last 45 minutes, um, I would say the like a white claw with an aftertaste of college may have a re- uh, inefficiency of wording, maybe or <laughs> sure. redundancy yeah. potentially, because um, not being in college since the uh, evolution of white claws. But I would guess that white claws are a popular you know, beverage for the current college age kid. Now, of course you are right. This is a grown man and he probably would not know other than creeping on girls at a party or something. So. Well, but yeah, you're, you're right in that. Like he's building off the premise that, you know, white claws, like the sophisticated adult beverage. Right. Yeah. Uh, so this is us taking a dig at Keystone. It's the same fucking drink, buddy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. All right. That was good. I like that. All right. So let's, uh, uh, Tony, did you want to punch this up at all? Just let me throw it out there for you. <laughs> Just dump something on. on your keyboard, Tony. Right. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's the next one. And speaking of hard seltzer, uh, I got one for you. Um, you can check into hard seltzer on Untapped uh, for reasons you know beyond my understanding. I don't know. It's fine. So this is my friend Derek S. And I wish you guys could see Derek S.'s picture. Uh, he's wearing the type of cap from a cap and gown, like graduation ceremony that a graduate student would wear, like the, uh, kind of the puffy flat, like one, whatever that you guys know what I'm talking about. Like the velour looking uh, cap Uh, that's in his profile picture. So that's cool. And he's drinking a pure by white claw seltzer. And are you guys familiar with the pure flavor of white claw? No. No, I didn't even know that it's, was a thing. It's plain. Oh, so it's vodka soda. Flavor. It's well, there's no vodka in it. Is it's still a malt beverage, um, but it is just water flavored alcohol essentially. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what okay. pure is. Apparently, it's plain white claw. And uh, here's uh, here's his review and rating. Uh, he says, um, literally, couldn't finish it. Tasted like ammonia. I had a reflexive gag reaction, which was my body protecting itself from poison. One and a half stars. <laughs> <laughs> Work in the zoo crew soundboard. So um, that's yeah. first of all, the fact that that he almost uh, apparently he compared it to drinking poison. Still got a full star <laughs> and a little extra. Of that's, course, yep. Yeah, that's the great part right there. And I will note that you can you can give as low as a quarter star. Yeah, no, it wasn't uh, otherwise that. you just don't rate it, but you can give it a quarter star if you want. So murder, like that would that that doesn't necessarily rule him out. Like the fact that he he could have died if he was drinking ammonia. He right. in fact he would give ammonia one and a half one and a half stars. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Hey, it, it might get you a little tipsy if, you know, ammonia. Bef- before you die, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that guy's good. So, so, all right, let's put that in the perfect category. Nice job, Derek. Yeah. That's well a done. good one. That made us laugh. And and so I will say before we move on to the only, like, normal beer part of the uh, uh, one of the of the three, I did drink hard seltzer this weekend, I, this past weekend. Um, craft breweries have entered the hard seltzer came um and i had some hard seltzer from a local uh brewery and it was honestly i liked it um it was not too sweet it was a uh, i had one that was a it was like a valencia orange cranberry 
seltzer, which I know is fucking sounds like the, you know, foodiest shit on our, on earth, but, um, it was delicious and, uh, it wasn't very sweet and I, uh, it was super refreshing. So I'm on hard seltzer. I'm rooting for it now. I don't, I don't mind it. I, uh, I got a, we got it for free, but I, I have a, a mini fridge full of John Taffer of bar rescue. He's got his own liquor line oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, and I got uh, two of his hard seltzer flavors. Uh, a, uh, I got a cucumber jalapeno, and then I got a, pine, a pineapple coconut, and uh, you know they're fine. And that's I, for I, uh, that's for all it. I wouldn't drink it all the time, but when I was we, me and Kelly were uh, standing outside throwing um, bocce balls around because we don't know what the hell we're doing, so we we're just looking for an activity. Um, it was pretty good. You know, nice, nice one on an 80 something degree day. I, I, I was good with it. Plain though. I'm not doing plain. We're not doing plain hard seltzer. I'm out on well, that. Oh, it's not plain. It's pure. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, know, it, Tony's right. If you're going to do that, then just buy fucking club soda and pour, and pour vodka bleach in into it. it. Yeah. And, oh. and then drink ammonia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Go ahead. Let's, all right. Let's last one. All right. So this one is from my friend, uh, a friend of mine on Untapped. In fact, actually, uh, uh, his name is Your Mom. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, I know. And he was drinking a <clears throat> a st- <laughs> like, this is so stupid a Stump Knocker Pale Ale by Swamphead Brewery. <laughs> and here's what he had to say about that. Uh, this is our highest rated beer of the uh, of the game. So this one goes, uh, your mom loves a big stump knocker, smells like fish, tip it on back. On this day in 1977, the Sex Pistols release God Save the Queen, sparking major controversy and leading to a ban on the song by the BBC that your mom wrote. Yes, what an album. And he gave it 3.75 stars. So that was his review of Stump Knocker Pale Ale. Uh, first of all, I'd like, I, I feel 60% sure that stump knocker and amazing rando are the same guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like some, or, someone needs to look in on your mom because your like, mom. That, like that guy is going through some shit and I don't think he's okay. I'll, I'll also note that he tagged one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, ten people in his check-in. <laughs> it was Sid Vicious um, one of them, right? <laughs> and uh, he did he did make sure to note that he purchased. So you can on Untapped, you can say where you bought the beer. He made sure to point out that he purchased this at Publix. <laughs> if you're wondering, <laughs> so Publix got a got a shout out, got a shout a shout out on that one. Good. Ups to make my sure friends at Publix for this ta- one. Tagged the tagged Publix. All right. The, the Fort Lauderdale Publix just want to give a quick <laughs> shout out to them. That's where I picked up my stump knocker by Swamp Monsoon or whatever. The, this, by the way, is is part of what prevents me from becoming more into beer. It's all just too much. The people are too much. So if you were if you were if you were cleaning this one up, would you have written a a, a, a 
half a paragraph of on this day music punk rock information or no at least at least i was waiting for the tie-in i'm like this fucking guy is like a regular hemingway he's gonna bring it back to stump knocker but he didn't instead he brought it back to your mom's in some pointless way yeah i don't i don't know this uh yeah no i just went in the trash yeah yeah that's a winner though i think it's good it, it didn't go the way he wanted Oh, I had it in the perfect category, but I, I might be off. Now that we've completed the game, Griff, um, what well, are your you thoughts on All the right. pastry stout that you've been consuming? What are my thoughts on pastry stout? No, the one that you're consuming right now. Oh, I already finished that. Uh, it was good. Um, Brian, this beer, uh, you, you would have uh, you would have enjoyed like one sip of this, I think. Uh, it had coconut, vanilla beans, cocoa nibs, and cinnamon in it, and it was it did taste a lot like coconut. And I'm a big coconut fan, so yeah, I, I really I, liked I, it. Yeah, that's if you want to get me to like a beer, have it taste like some other shit. That's the secret. Yeah. Uh, when we Those went people to people who like beer are doing that. In fact, I, I'll yep. point that out. That when we went the to when we went of people are doing that. When we went to Wrigley and we went to that uh, that place before the game. Uh, I had like a coconut stout, liked it. Uh, I uh, I had like a I had some kind of like a peanut butter fucking milk stout one time, liked it. Oh yeah. Um, you know this thing's got orange. This thing I'm drinking now, coriander and orange in it. I'm kind of yeah. into it. Like if it here's the thing though, if you're gonna tell me it tastes like it, it better fucking taste like <laughs> it. Like go all in. Like if you tell you know, me it's a pastry, if you tell me it's a pastry stout, then it better be. I want to drink a cannoli. Yeah. Uh, don't don't call it uh, you know whatever fucking banana bread stout, and then just it just tastes like a beer. I want it to taste like the thing you're saying it's going to taste like, and I'm on board. One hundred percent agreed. Uh, you got me on board with that. I uh, I hate I, I hate when it says it's. Uh, Oh, you know, uh, this, you know, we put nine raspberries in it and I'm like, Oh, congrats. <laughs> you know, I, don't know what, I don't know what that's doing for me, you know? Yeah. To sort of go with what Brian's saying. And I had a, um, stout, it was a Russian Imperial stout. It wasn't a pastry stout. So not as thick and gloopy. And it was, it was based on black forest cake. I'm sure we've all had black forest cake and people sure, were sure. complaining that yeah. it didn't taste enough like cherries. Now it had a hint of cherries, but when I eat a black forest cake, I'm eating it for the cake part, aren't I? Like when I think of Black Forest, I think of chocolate cake with a hint of like cherry. I don't think of cherries with a hint of chocolate cake. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you want it to taste like cherry. I mean, I don't know. I uh, If you're going to give me Black Forest, I, I, I want a cherry element to it. You know, it's just it, like. Which um, it had. It just didn't have enough cherries for people. Uh, they're, yeah, yeah. Find me some of those reviews. I was sick of looking out for these goddamn reviews. Send me some funny ones of that beer. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I, I we have the a lot actually. Um, boy, the, here we go. This is uh, we actually have a handful more of like German chocolate cake beers, and those have coconut in it. And I'm on top of that. I'm I'm like a coconut. I'm having a coconut pro- like problem right now. I'm, You're having I'm a, a moment, a coconut moment. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's all happy. It's all coming together. Um, all right. Well, that was, Hey, listen, another rousing game, uh, that was, uh, would you really call that a, game? Like a lot of work to generate 25 minutes of content? What part of that was actually a game though? That's what I want to know. Who won? There was a, there was, <laughs> it was a segment. How about that? <laughs> okay. I'm better. happy with that. 
Oh, and I didn't even give the good name that I came up with, Brian. Go ahead. I, uh, yeah. be- I was going to call it Behind the Ticks because uh, when you check uh, beer okay. in, we call it a tick. You tick the beer. Okay. I was going to call the segment Behind the Ticks. So you know, next you time know we that, do that, we'll do that. You know that I love a name more than uh, anything else, which is why I've named uh, 15 movies and uh, uh, 30 bands. Uh, right. But I've never taken any of the next steps. I Although come I'm up with still- the names before I do the before the game ever I can come up. I have to come up with the stupid pun before I can come up with how the game works. So that's how Tony ended up playing Untrapped because I came up with the name Untrapped and thought of him having to climb out of a well was very funny to me. That is um, funny. So then I was like, how do I how do I make something out of that? <laughs> I don't know what to uh, do with that. So. I am still willing to uh, option um, my film ideas of Billy Ocean's Eleven and. <laughs> Uh, the buffet team. Uh, those are both up for oh, anybody. Team's a classic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, it's like the A team, but uh, with fat folks. So anyway, those are both up for, uh, those are winners. The buffet, anybody. the buffet team. <laughs> we might be too late for the buffet team or it has to be retro. I'm not sure. Vegas buffets might be, this might be it. This might've been it. We'll see. I hope not. I like, yeah. I'm like one of the <laughs> weird people that still, that still likes a buffet, but uh, I'm, I will not be having one for some time. There might oh be a pause God, for yeah. three or four months, but buff, buffets in Vegas will be back. There's no way that those are going away. They, they're going to have the same fight back that pool parties in Alabama have had. <laughs> Tony, Tony, you're you're more optimistic than me. I'm, I'm looking. I'm still looking around right now and just like, oh boy, <laughs> this is. This is not looking, not looking positive for me to be doing anything in 2020. We'll just restart yeah. next year. Give it another shot. Right. All right. All right. Well, that was a, that was another banger, Tony. Uh, you guys can, um, uh, you guys can go find us. What's that? Oh, just your use of bangers at the end of every show drives me insane. Yeah, at least call it a fucking bop. This has been a bop. A bop. It's a bop. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to say bangers in the mouth really bad. Um, just Don't to rip off that. But uh, you guys can find us on Instagram, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Feel free to look at my posts. I often post a beer and like a weird pedophile or something in the in the Instagram pictures for some reason. I don't know why. Um, and then you can follow me on a tap. It's at Griff AD. And you can email us if you want. Try it. We'll, we'll put it on the show. We're digging around for content these days. Uh, our emails, uh, beer engine show at gmail.com. Tony, you got anything else for the, for the fans out there? Uh, not at this stage, but Brian, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I don't have anything to plug other than I hope you guys will have me back again, mainly because I really want to beat that motherfucker photo man to a hilarious bit. <laughs> yeah. You got it. You got to win next time. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. So. Tony, you'll get another Liam drop for our, my beer reviews or something, and you can you can go you can go to town on it. <laughs> Look, I don't normally play an outro on this show, but I think today we've got to hear some more Liam. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. You can't. It's over. Don't listen anymore. I'm just saying, look him up on Facebook with no shirt on and listen to that whisper voice and tell me that you don't want to boycott.